This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Welcome this evening, folks. We are on Dystopical with a very special guest. <laughs> I thought I'd throw that, that, right. that, not that special. I thought I'd throw that right in. Introduce you very early on. I'm your interstate star. That, that's right. We have an interstate star this evening. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Katie East, welcome again to the show. Thank you for having me again, girls. Thank you. And always, Cat. Hello. Hi. Hi, Cat. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so this evening we have a rather special show for you. Um, I'm almost embarrassed to be talking No, about she's that. not almost embarrassed. She's actually really embarrassed, which is part of the reason why we're doing this show. Basically. Just so that we can watch Farina blush. Pretty much. That was. What oh my God, she's blushing <laughs> now. And, and squirming. Yeah. All these amazing things. All right, so um, this topical is a debate and a reflection on what matters to queer women in our community. On tonight's show, we are talking about... Do you want me to say it? Drum roll, please. <laughs> we're talking about the female orgasm. That's right. We're talking about the female orgasm. Oh, my God. She said it. I That's know. one. I thought, so I'd, proud. I thought I'd warm myself <laughs> into this. Um, we'll be talking about the history of the orgasm, um, how all that sort of research, um, the important bits and pieces of your... <laughs> the bits and pieces. Yeah, the we're talking about the anatomy the, of the yeah, orgasm. We're going to say the important bits yeah. and pieces of your anatomy, um, what you should get to know if you don't know already, um, and various other interesting tips, right? Mm-hmm. We've got t- Katie's top ten list, of course. Okay. <laughs> As always. Okay. Um, so if you want to weigh in or share your tips or anything else, you can text us at... 427 joy 949 you can facebook us at dystopical that's d-y-s-t-o-p-i-c-a-l or email us at dear dot dystopical at gmail.com all right well we're back in a sec hi everybody welcome to Disco- dystopical helps <laughs> <laughs> if you get the name <laughs> of the show right. um so first up we had seven nation army which got farine dancing in the studio mm-hmm. that was nostalgia 77 featuring alice russell who is an awesome artist and then we had get some from Licky lee's first album um and well, now and now to the order of business now to the order of business i'm going to record how many times tonight that farine actually says the word orgasm uh-huh, starting with starting now. Starting with now. Okay, so we're, We've said we're, one. we're talking about the history of orgasms, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Number I wish two. everyone could see how much you're blushing. <laughs> I almost so, put my video camera in tonight that, so I can film two. this. Okay, for those of you that, it three times now. <laughs> for those of you that aren't familiar with the show, um, Friends a bit of a prude. So um, part of the reason we're doing this topic tonight is just to see how much she can cope with. Uh, so the topic is the female orgasm, and you're listening to Dystopical on I've Joy I've just been 94.9. corrected. That's Licky Lee's second album that oh. it was off, not the first album. Sorry Thank about you. that. Okay. Thanks, Nikki. Anyway, moving on to the orgasm. <clears throat> the orgasm is from the Greek word orgasmos, which means Catherine Ann... Um, to spell and be excited. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> She was looking at the wrong sheet. Give me a moment. Um, the best thing about an orgasm is the fact that we are actually allowed to talk about these things these days. It used to be a really taboo subject, which is where a bit of my research has come well, from. Especially um, 
the female orgasm. Very much so. Um, there was this great guy called Kinsey, and in the late 1940s, early 50s, he actually did um, some research. Um, he brought out two books, and it was the uh, a book about the male and a book about the female. And um, in his book in the 1950s, it, oh, 40, sorry, it was revealed that... Um, over 80% of women masturbated and had clitoral orgasms. That's really not much of a shock. It's not, but in the 1940s yeah, but probably, it was. But they probably had never counted this stuff before. Well, this or, is it. Or had done research on it. So. Well, this is it. There was a bit of dispute with his research because a lot of the people that volunteered for the research had served or were serving prison sentences. Mm. If I was in prison, I'd be masturbating a hell of a lot more than I would be on the outside. Um, well, that's saying something. So there was, you know, there was... There's also probably different ethics at right now. That yeah, used to definitely. Be around, like using, you know, prisoners as subjects of that's sex right. research. That's right. Well, there was a lot of debate over whether or not it covered the general population, mm. but he actually did a study. I think it was around about six thousand people. So I mean, it was a fair sized study for six thousand women. Yeah, for those that that time. So, and then in the fifties, there was some more research done, and that revealed that women women could actually achieve multiple orgasms. Groundbreaking stuff. It really was. It, it was. Well, look, it's not. It's not like individual women haven't known this, you know, over the years. But there is something extremely psychologically comforting about knowing that you're not the only person. Well, this is true, but then you've got to think about the time. Okay, so the 50s, everyone was quite prudish like Freyne and, you know, these <laughs> Thanks, subjects <guys. laughs> these subjects weren't really talked about and so, you know, women didn't get around like we do and say, hey, what? <laughs> no, not around like we do, like talk, sit around and talk about things like, you know, we do these days. Um, later on in the 70s, there was this awesome woman, I did a lot of reading on her in the last couple of days, her name's Sher Hyatt. Um, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. same thing. The height report. Tomatoes, tomatoes. The height report, well done. Um, it reported that only 29% of women were able to orgasm through intercourse and 85% were required direct clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. Which I think is saying something because um, it was Freud that said that um, that a penetrative orgasms were a myth. We all know how much I love Freud. Well, you know. But for those of you that don't know this, he only studied his wife, um, and I think he was actually a bit of an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I concur yeah. so much. I concur so anyway, <clears throat> let's ignore Freud. Exactly. And um, anyway, Cher Height uh, reported that only 29% of women mm, that's um, right. were able to orgasm through intercourse, meaning penetration, yep. and 85% of women required direct clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. And it's bizarre to think that this was groundbreaking information. But this is, again, all stuff that we know from our own experiences. We do know now. Yeah, and we do Dear talk Dolly about when we were kids. And Dear yeah. Dolly. I love Dear Dolly. <laughs> I read into it once. Um, it allowed women, basically with these reports, it allowed women to become aware that not all women were able to orgasm through penetration alone. And it allowed some women to feel that they were within, I guess you could say, the norm as it was still a taboo subject in the 70s, um, talking about sex, you know, around the dinner table and stuff like that. Um, the biggest thing about it was it also revealed that the majority of people deemed intercourse or sex to be penetration and that everybody else, everything else was put into a category of that's foreplay. So we're talking about oral sex, we're talking... Digital. Digital, all yeah. of that kind of stuff. That's considered foreplay. Whereas By digital, we don't mean like manga or... 
No. You know, hentai. No. <laughs> Thanks for, for clarifying that one, yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically there's sex and then everything else is foreplay. So that's what the study came up with. Um, but I believe Which it's, basically discounted sort of lesbians as having sex. It did. And, you know, look, we're still discounted to a degree. Like, sex should be considered... Sex should not be considered as penetration only. Um and we've I talked can't, about this on the show before. We we have. We've talked about it in the relationships and stuff like that. Like, how many times have you two been asked by either somebody that's straight or somebody that's curious as to... Or your own mother. Or you must <laughs> use... <laughs> in my case. Not in my instance. But, um, what do you actually do? Is that what yeah, you say? Yeah, what, what do you do? Yeah. Like, obviously, you must use sex toys in order to have sex because how is it sex if there's no penetration? Mm. I Well, I actually have a friend who... um. Uh, went to have a pap smear many, many years ago um, and was told by the doctor that she didn't need to have a pap smear because she was a lesbian and lesbians don't have penetrative sex. Oh, see, this really annoys me because there is actually a new test that has come out. This is a little bit of health information for you. As Not everyone good. knows, I'm a nurse. Um, there is actually, now when you go and get a pap smear, you can actually get a DNA test done with your swab as well. It is actually proven that I think it's 2% of women that suffer from HPV actually have um, inherited it from their their parents. Oh. And it's not actually an STD exclusively. That's really interesting. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. I found out the last time I went and seen my GP. Um, Did you just say seen? Seen. Saw. Saw. <laughs> so what does that say about the um, the vaccine that that we get? Look, I haven't done enough research into it, yeah, okay. to be honest with you. But um, yeah, it is. it can be hereditary. Mm. Anyway. Is, <clears throat> anyway, off you the know, subject. I, you know, I hate yeah. to be boring, but can we just get back to orgasms? <laughs> yeah, sure, of course. Um, I'd, <laughs> sure I'd like to talk let's about... Let's not talk about sexual health. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. No, nothing about that. Uh, let's talk about the arousal process. I love the arousal process. <laughs> process so <laughs> real speaking but nurse no. <laughs> nurse katie east what makes us aroused oh look i've broken this down into a bit of medical uh, i've done a bit of a medical breakdown for it basically women hit their sexual peak in their late 30s yes all right <laughs> and you'll be interested to know i found out this today another sexual peak actually occurs post childbirth um. and after menace Menopause. Really? Because the assumption is that sort of after menopause, that's it for women. They're that's not it. really. Totally. Worth yeah. anything anymore. Basically, well, not, no, 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 no. So not, society desexualizes yeah. you. Yeah. yeah if absolutely. you've gone through menopause. Um, but both after childbirth and menopause, these are in fact times when women crave sexual exploration and experimentation. Yeah. Well, that's good to know for women of all ages. And yeah. they can experience some of the most heightened orgasms of their life in those times. Mm. Oh, um, and we'll get back to how a bit later. <laughs> we will. Don't worry. There's Katie's top ten tonight. Um, arousal can occur on a strictly physical level, so you can be physically attra- attracted to somebody, and you know you get that arousal that you feel, that little tingle. Um, but close connection and trust are two of the biggest things. If you're in a long-term relationship, that is what you need to work on: the close connection and the trust, in order for your relationship to last sexually. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we all know about lesbian bed death. Because lesbian bed death is a myth. I would just like to point out. We've done a show on that. Read the relationship podcast. ruts are, are not a That's myth. right. Relationship ruts. Whether are not you're a myth. straight or gay. And you'll also find that in a relationship rut, you'll, you'll be missing that close connection or that trust issue or something like that. All right. Let's get to the medical breakdown because this bit's fun. Okay. So when arousal, arousal is heightened, your BP raises by approximately a third. Your BP, BP meaning your blood, blood pressure. pressure. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. I'll break it down. Your blood pressure. Um, 
which is an indicator like that sex is good for you as a wonderful form of, uh, form of exercise and you're getting an all-body workout. Yay. Um, your heart rate can double up to 170 to 180 beats per minute, which is... And that's a, is that like about equivalent of vigorous exercise? That's about equivalent of going for a really good run on a, on a treadmill, mm. like having a, a nice sprint or doing interval training on a treadmill. Um, your breathing, so this is how I keep in shape. Your breathing shape. pattern changes and your breathing rates increase. Yeah. Um, during arousal... Here we go. The blood swells to the female genital um, erectile tissue. Okay, sorry. Um, I'm going to stop you there. All right. Um, what's female genital erectile tissue? Okay. I'm sorry, but we, we don't generally um, associate erect- erec- erections with women. Okay, so erection, the word erection is kind of to go up, yeah. right? Yes, you, it is. Right? So <laughs> you are correct. Basically, the tissue um, that's composed of the inner and outer labia, the clitoris and the perineum, and also the urethral sponge, otherwise known as the G-spot. We'll come back to that. And the perineum's that um, the piece of skin between. between the anus and the vagina. That's yeah. right. Yep. Which you can pierce. We'll talk about that on another show. Um, your breasts swell and your skin becomes very sensitive. So if you think about it, the blood's rushing to this area and you're actually getting a raise in that area. Mm-hmm. So hence, it's female it's erectile. Yep. That's okay. right. All right. Well, that makes sense. Um, you've also got nerve cells on the genitals and they become excited and activated. Um, I'll talk about having your nerve cells on your clitoris later. As arousal increases, muscles and ligaments begin contracting, resulting in a pleasurable tension. So you feel yourself tense up. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a question for you girls. Have you ever wondered, Florian's going to be really embarrassed by this, but Kat won't be. Have you ever wondered like, if you are performing oral sex on your partner or you are stimulating your partner? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I am would never do certainly that. embarrassed. Yeah, yes, yes, go on. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but the clitoris actually the disappears. More, it goes it away. That's right. Like, where the hell did it go? <laughs> the more aroused the person gets, the more the clitoris hides. Um, yep, basically, you've got suspensory lig- ligaments and they shorten. And they pull the glands of the clitoris beneath the hood and back towards the pubic bone. Just to make life harder. (laughs) Why does it it do that? It just does it like that. That doesn't seem helpful. Because it isn't hard enough finding it in the first place. Some of us don't have any problems. You need a headlight. At this time, there's also a big outpouring of chemicals and hormones during arousal. We've done that in another show, so look up the podcast. Um, All right, so we're getting to just before you're about to peak or have an orgasm. Your BP is up, your blood pressure. Your pulse is racing and you're struggling to catch your breath and then you feel like you might explode. Mm -hmm. This is because muscular tension is released and then it is followed by a series of rhythmical contractions. Do you know where these rhythmical contractions occur, Kat? Um, well, I guess it feels like they occur in the walls of the vaginal Very good. canal. Yeah. That's good. what it feels very like. Good. The walls of the vagina and your pelvic floor will come back to pelvic floor. Yes. They contract very strongly and cause increased pleasure. It can so last. Is, it, is the tensing? Is it the tensing that causes that, no. that pleasurable feeling? Well, basically, when you orgasm, it's like a relaxation thing. Like you're letting go of everything. So you know you've had everything tensed really from tense. having sex. Yeah. You've got your pelvic floor tensed because you just yeah. And that's so my only word I've got for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then so when you actually do have an orgasm, everything gets released. And that's it. the relaxing release that you right. feel. Mm. Um, that said, I think it's important to mention that orgasms are qualitatively different. Very much so. And I have that written under important note. 
everyone has a different orgasm. Um, some people might have slight pressure, or, like slight pleasure. Um, other people may think it's earth shattering. Some people will go for a couple of seconds. Some people would actually go for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Wow. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's really important that if you sit around with your friends and comparing your orgasm stories, um, it, it, no, I'm sorry. Who sits around with their friends comparing their orgasm stories? That's why we're doing this show. <laughs> anyway, so um, it, so this one time I had a really amazing orgasm. <laughs> and, no, no, no. All right. Um, so anyway, if you're sitting around with your friends discussing anything to do with sex, um, if your experience isn't like the person next to you, it doesn't mean that you're not having an orgasm. It just means that you or may that you're orgasm. not doing it right. Or that you're not doing it right. It just means that you may not be doing it. You, you're not the same. Like you're two totally different people. Um, my handy hint for this bit is the more aware of your pelvic floor muscles you are, the more intense your orgasms can be. And this is proven by my physio that I've been to lately. I have a back injury and currently we're working on pelvic floor muscles and uh, had a really good insight with her about pelvic floor muscles. So this is where my handy hint comes from. Like with her? No, sexually. not with her. No, I had okay. a girlfriend. Right. Um, just checking. Just checking. So basically, ladies out there, please do your pelvic floor exercises. I'm doing them now and nobody knew. Um, <laughs> it not only stops you requiring many teener ladies in the future when you're older, but it will improve your orgasm. Thank you. And with that, we're going to play some music now. <laughs> yeah. But believe Kareen me. is bright red. We'll be back <laughs> with more anatomy lessons in just a sec. Hi, and welcome back to this topical. Tonight we are talking about the female orgasm. Um, Wait, I need to intro that too, just so I get to yeah. say the word. Do you orgasm. want a point? Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. for it. Um, I just said it, yep. first of all. Yay! Go and do it again so we're without talking, blushing. We're talking about the female orgasm She's this blushing. evening. That's cool. <laughs> and <laughs> if you want to tell us your stories or you want to get in touch, you can text us at 0427JOY949. You can also Facebook us at Dystopical. That's D-Y-S-T-O-P-I-C-A-L. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Katie, tell us what we're listening to. That was You Don't Know Me, which is actually a cover of an Armin Van Helden remake. Uh, mix, sorry, um, and that was by Lewis Cutter and Mark Howey, a really nice instrumental acoustic version that I enjoy. Yeah. Kat, let's talk about the clit. <laughs> yes, so the next section we My are favorite. actually going to be talking about the clitoris and also the G-spot. Yeah. Um, As one does on this show. Absolutely, so <laughs> let's start with the clitoris. Say clitoris, Farine. Clitoris. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> warming up, warming into my material. Thank you. We'd also like to point out that her sister's a prude as well. Um, <laughs> All right, over 80% of women require some form of clitoral stimulation. We've already established that. In order to orgasm. In order to orgasm. um, That's according to Kinsey. Um, And what is the clitoris for? Basically, it's the only organ on the male or female body that is... Wait, wait, wait. Men don't have clitoris. They don't. (laughs) I could go into a whole thing how the clitoris is actually kind of like a penis, but I'm not going to. I left it out. It's kind of the same when it comes to nerve endings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, um, so they, imagine something really small. So it's basically with the, same the, amount the of only nerve organ. Endings. So men don't have an equivalent organ that is only for sexual pleasure. pleasure. That's women right. Women do. Yeah. So that's special. the only. Organ. How lucky are we? Right. All right. Um, it's got no other purpose. Can you guess how many nerve endings are in there? A million. I, I know. I know it's thousands. Eight thousand, <laughs> approximately. Up to. Um, that's but, a lot. That's but a lot of nerves for going on. For comparison's sake, like what is a 
you know, a thumb have, for I example. I don't know. I didn't do comparisons. Okay. I'm get, from the amount of time I've spent playing with my thumb, um, <laughs> I'm assuming less. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Although it is very sensitive on the end of your fingers. I used to use that for torture. Anyway, um, basically clitoris is different in size and shape. So don't be afraid if yours does not look like your partner's. Yes. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, it? It's an organ that <laughs> – it, it, it's not just the, – the best thing about the clitoris, and a lot of people don't know this, is it's not that actual little bit that you can see under the clitoral hood. It's, it actually goes back into your body quite a long way. Mm. Um, kind of like an iceberg. Kind of like <laughs> it is just the tip like, of the iceberg. Yeah, it's kind of an iceberg with two open legs, I guess you could say, because basically it goes back in your body and it has an internal shaft that divides into two parts. And, and it, then, I'm oh, sorry, I'm doing a thing with my fingers that she is, people, she's drawing. Uh, it actually it runs around the outside of the vaginal opening, doesn't it? The labia, yeah, yeah. it goes down the um, the the it extends down both sides of the labia. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, and the, is this also made up of erectile tissue? That's right, and yeah. that's the best thing about it. So if you are say circling the vaginal, the vagina, you are actually stimulating the erectile tissue, and you will get a response from the clitoris, and you'll find that the blood rushes to the clitoris in that area because it is the same erectile tissue. Right. Interesting fact there. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why so many things feel so good. This is this is very true. Um, we could talk about kissing and cuddling feeling that you get after you've had an orgasm, but oh, we've, we've talked. About we that. have cat's favorite oxytocin. Cat's favorite drug. <laughs> Basically, um, you get a you get a sleep. A post-orgasm sleep chemical, and they're released. It's a cuddle drug. It is. They're released really slowly and gradually in women, and so you feel like cuddling. You feel a bit lovey-dovey and stuff like that. I, mean, I don't. Is that different from how they're released do. in men? Yeah, men have um, a very quick. They're released very quickly, and that's why in heterosexual sex, a lot of people complain that a man just rolls over and falls asleep, whereas mm. it's a very gradual process in women where it's released very slowly and it also means that women can be highly aroused straight away after an orgasm mm. like women have the ability to just keep going and going and going because you feel really connected it's a yeah. kind of chemical that makes you feel connected to someone that's else. right it's like a positive cycle almost yeah, yeah. it is yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. that's why I like you know some heterosexual people go oh my god you had sex for like nine hours and mm-hmm. women are like yeah when they've had lesbian sex mm-hmm. um anyway sorry what <laughs> 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 I've had please, sex for nine hours. Um, okay, thank you. Anyway, history of the G spot. Um, this is really interesting. I find the G spot really interesting because have you ever wondered why it's called the G spot? I actually mm-hmm. know why it's called the G spot because I've read about this before. Yeah, yeah I want to hear it. Go on. Okay, so we know about Kinsey and he he did his research, but at the same time there was actually a German obstetrician and gynecologist called Ernst Grafenberg. Um, and nice he, accent. Thank you. I liked yeah, that. Nice, yeah. um, he documented that for a woman, a zone of erogenous feeling was located along, I could say the technical term, which is suburethral surface of the anterior vaginal wall. But that means very little to a lot of us. Or I could just say inside the vagina, close At to your front, stomach. Yeah. At the front. <laughs> 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 I'll just break it down for you. Um his, his studies failed to spark any interest. Like, Kinsey had all this interest in his studies, and Grafenberg actually had hardly any. Um, but later on, um, there Might was... Might have a, been also the milieu in which he was doing research in Germany. Well... Maybe they were, you know, preoccupied with other things. This is very true. This is very true. But there was a sexologist and a nurse, John Perry and Beverly Whipple, and I've had the pleasure of listening to a lecture from Beverly Whipple. She's amazing. Um, they published studies which documented areas of specific vaginal sensitivity, which was really important at the time. The G-spot became officially recognised, and out of regard 
because Grafenberg um, actually found it, mm. literally, um, they've named it. How did he find it? The G spot. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to go into how he found so it. So you told us where it is. Okay, so yeah, it's the anterior or front wall of the vagina. So up and closest to your belly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about tissue about. I'd say four inches. Not even three. It depend. It actually depends on um, anybody. There is actually. I saw a picture today of a woman who could do a pelvic floor muscle and actually push her G spot outside of her vagina. So you could actually see the spongy tissue that it's made up of. Okay, that's actually gross. That's amazing. Um, so it is spongy like tissue. It has a really different texture to the actual rest of the vagina. So you will actually be able to feel it, and you'll feel it swelling and becoming more sensitive during arousal. It feels kind of like, um, I would say, like... A sponge. Well, no, I'd say like a bean, like a broad bean. Really? Yeah, it's like beanish shaped Yeah, no. Feeling. I don't have the same opinion, but okay, that's so what dystopical is all about. Maybe people have different shapes. Everybody actually does have a different shaped G-spot, okay. and it can be in a slightly different position. Mm-hmm. It can be over or up or down. But it is on the front wall. It is on the front wall, that's right. Um, basically, the G-spot for women becomes more sensitive and swollen during arousal. Um, and I would initially recommend if you were going to stimulate the G-spot to do it with one finger to start off with and then gradually work your way up from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe you can also do it yourself. You can. You can. You can do it in a squat or you can do it. The best position is <laughs> is with your knees raised towards your shoulders and it actually so opens up the chest. Yeah, yeah, it actually opens up the vaginal cavity and you can actually – have a better feel of your um, G spot. Excellent. And uh, I'm, look, I'm just I'm just going to go the whole way. There are obviously other ways that you can achieve this. Look, we could put it out there to that do with lying on your stomach with yeah, hips raised. You can lie fisting. on your stomach with your legs apart, and there is also fisting. Some people feel some people are into penetrative sex. Some people aren't into penetrative sex. Some people are into fisting. Some people aren't into fisting. Some people get that full senseness. It's actually a chemical release, and it can be a psychological thing of when your G spot's actually aroused. You can feel like you need to have something inside of you. And for some people, it can be something small that they crave, and for other people, it can be something humongous mm-hmm. that and, they crave. Yeah, and and it's it's certainly something that's generally uh, stimulated better by firm pressure. Yes. Yes. Once you've worked it up, start off quite slowly first is my hint if this is a new experience for you. If you know what you're doing, get right in there. Um, <laughs> but if it is a new thing that you they know what you're doing, yeah, if it's get a new, right yeah, in there. <laughs> yeah. If it's yeah. a new thing between you and your partner that you're exploring, um, then, you know, take it nice and slow and always use lube. Um and I actually think that this, um, okay, sometimes it's really awkward to bring this stuff up, but um, I think that this would be a really great time to bring up the, um, the, the, the feeling like you need to pee during sex thing. Oh, yes. Well, we're actually going to get to that. Um, that's called female ejaculation, and we've got a bit of time to do that. Um, <laughs> to do a female ejaculation. Yeah, we're going to go to a song first, I believe. We're going to go to uh, Sexy Back by Justin Timberlake. All right. Welcome back. This is Dystopical. 
So, Katie, we're talking about the female orgasm this That's evening. Five for Thank you, Buffy. <laughs> 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 doing really well. All right, so this is the part of the evening when we get to our sort of agony aunt um, section, dear dystopical. Which is usually Farine's favorite part it's of the show. Usually my favorite part of the show, but tonight today, it is not. <laughs> I am positively squirming in my seat. Here is we've our actually question. edited it for you <laughs> so that you. you can read it. All right. Sometimes um, when I'm having sex with my partner, I feel like I need to pee. What is this? All right. Oh, my God. I'm, I just have to say that I'm so glad that we are talking about this. Well, I think it's something that really needs to be advertised and educated to people because yes. a lot of people don't talk about it and it does happen and I'm going to talk about it now. Great. Female ejaculation, it is possible. You are not peeing yourself. You are not <laughs> peeing yourself. You are not peeing yourself. Um, it is but the it, truth. But it really does feel like it. Or it, it can. can yeah. It can. And I'll explain why. And other people may think that that is And other people will say, oh, my God, you just peed yourself. Now, are we talking about, like, huge amounts of liquid here? Are we talking Look, about... Look, I've done a lot of research into this. It can actually go up to two cups in one, 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 one ejaculation. That's a lot. That is a lot of fluid. Um, so, basically, I think it's really important that we talk about um, some of the facts while we progress on this topic. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not sure if everybody out there knows, but um, during early fetal development, so when you're a little bubba in your mummy's tummy, um, male and female fetuses start, both male and female fetuses start out being physically female. Okay? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting little fact. Um, Everyone starts out a girl. Basically, this does not change until a male fetus begins to produce its own hormones, which is around the eighth week of gestation. Um, only then does physical development of the male and female bodies diverge, and then less than um, many may presume. This necessitates the female fetuses initially to have structures that could develop into either male or female reproductive or sexual organs. This means that tissues that develop into the male prostate gland, the ure- u- urogenital sinus, must also be present in women. Um, so basically, women have a prostate gland as well. Huh. A lot of people don't know this. I didn't. I actually. I, I didn't. I like I, to think I know everything. But, um, <laughs> I love but bringing I, medical I, stuff to the show. I, but I didn't you, know that. You're just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So basically, the female prostate um, was discovered in Western medic, medis, medical literature um, in 1672. Um, I won't go into the details of it, but basically it was discovered then. Wow, that's then. amazing because they still weren't convinced that the earth revolved around the sun then. Pretty much. So 1672 it came about um, by Rena de Graaf um, and then it wasn't until um, Western Medicine actually fully accepted the concept in 2001 when the Federative Committee... 2001? Yeah. Okay. So it went like missing for so gap. many years. Yeah. <laughs> Where, where's the female prostate? <laughs> okay, so... Um, the Committee on Anatomical Terminology agreed to use this term um, and the following edition of Histology term- Terminology, which is a very big med- medical textbook for those of you who don't know, actually put in the female prostate. In 2001. In 2001. That's ridiculous. So to give you a rough breakdown, the urethra is inside the, the – just at the top of the vagina. Um, you've got the clitoris the v- above oh, the that. The top of the vaginal canal. You yeah, mean. the yep. vaginal canal. The urethra is where urine comes out. Around that, on just on the inside of the urethra, around the outside of that travelling up to the bladder, mm-hmm. there's a small amount of tissue and that's actually where the female prostate is. Right. Oh. Just so everybody knows. Um, and it, this is what causes – 
women to ejaculate. It is. It is. Okay, so... Um, it's what, not a myth. It's You're not, not a myth. yourself. You're not wetting yourself. You're not peeing. It is real. So what is female ejaculate? Female ejaculate is a fluid that is expelled from the body through the urethra um, during sexual activities. It's released in small quantities but can sometimes be large, as I said, up to two cups. Um, it that can doesn't be, sound like that much. I don't really like using this word because it kind of puts you off it, but I'll explain it in a minute. It can be like a mucus like fluid having a clear milky or yellowish coloration which isn't really appealing um but as the volume of the expelled fluid increases it becomes like clear water and in small quantities it may have a distinct scent that is musky or pungent but when actually the fluid increases in volume the the um the scent goes away it just goes away yeah yeah. there's no longer a detectable scent um Right. There's been so much study done into this. They've actually taken samples of um, women's ejaculate and they've studied it. Um, I think it's really important at this stage. I'd love to know how they go about doing these studies. Look, I read a lot about it today and I won't go into the specifics hmm. of it. But I actually um, did some research once into um, how to... Um, Let's, uh, how to squirt? How, no, oh. no, no. I never. I didn't actually ever have to research that. Um, um, in how to make it happen? Yeah, yeah. And there are. If you can't do ways. it, you can actually train yourself yeah, you to, do learn it. to do it. It is yep. possible. Um, as I said, because everybody has a prostate that creates that fluid. Um, sometimes when you're having sex and you're quite well lubricated, um, you may not notice that you have actually ejaculated a little bit because mm-hmm. it gets mixed up in the lube fluid. But it's that, that feeling like you need to pee that you know that's, that right. that's what's happening. Then. Yeah, you've got to work through that feeling of needing to pee and then once you work through that, that stops a lot of women from orgasm, orgasming. Um, but once you work through that, you'll actually find that you'll have a fantastic orgasm and you may actually, the word that most people use, not ejaculation, is squirt. Mm. Um, it's a cute word. It is. I like the word squirt. Um, just on a note, it's safe for a person to taste their own ejaculate. And for couples who already exchange bodily fluids and are, have been tested or in a uh, safe, secure relationship where no cheating is going on. However, especially for lesbians out there, it's important for you to know couples needing to practice safe sex must be wary of this. Mm. Okay. I want to ask you a question. Go. All right. Just because um, so many times over I'm years, blushing already. I've heard people, you know, think that it is, you know. Urine. Urine. Yep. Uh, urinating. Um, so, when we're talking about female ejaculate or squirting... Um, what what actually is it? What is it? All right. I'm just going to break it down. I'm going to be medical about this. I'm not going to break it down any further. If you want to know about it, look it up. Um, it contains no urine. Oh, it can contain some urine in small doses, but generally speaking, it doesn't. Um, it contains prostate-specific antigen, or known as PSA, um, prostatic acid, acidic phosphatase, prostate-specific acid phosphatase, Glucose, creatinine, potassium, sodium, and chloride. Look, if I break it down, it's salt actually... Salt and sugar. Salt and sugar. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those icy poles that you get when you're dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's good for you. Why does your body do this? Why? Yeah. Because the stimulation of the G-spot then stimulates the prostate gland, and the prostate basically just starts secreting. But what benefit does it have? Like, we know when, when males ejaculate, there's, you know, there's benefits to that, there's the sperm, but what, why is it a benefit, biologically but, speaking, for women to do this? Basically, it's not a benefit because not everybody does it, although you can be trained to do it. Um, the study that I read that I got that information off of what's actually in the ejaculate, um, basically it compared male sperm and female ejaculate, mm. and the only thing missing is the sperm. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So is this perhaps a byproduct of the fact that we all start out as really genetically similar? 
Yes. So we have similar processes. That's it. And at the end of the day, when you turn into whatever gender you turn into, one um, contributes to the continuation of the species and the other other one's just just a leftover. Squirts. Very interesting. (laughs) So so, uh, Way to sell um, laundry (laughs) detergent. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So fascinating. Thank you for answering. Put a towel down is my hint. (laughs) Um, We... we have got to get to your list. We've All got right. time's running out, so okay. let's get to your list. All right. So basically, every time that I'm on, I do a list of stuff. So here's my list. What's, my top this, 10. what's this list about? This list is just about sex and bringing someone to an orgasm and stuff like that. Number one, take your lady off the clock. Basically, what it means, I'm just going to break it down really simply. Sometimes it can take women 15 to 40 minutes to be stimulated and then to reach orgasm. So take her off the clock. Make sure that there's no stress on there. Make sure that there's no time limit on there. Make sure that you're able to tell her, we've got as much time as we need to do this. Mm -hmm. So let's just take our time. Number two, talent. Talent can be a real turn on. Like um, the best sex basically starts long before you you take your clothes off. Mm -hmm. You go on a really cool date. You make them laugh their ass off. Am I allowed to say ass? Sorry. Yeah, Make them laugh right. their butt off. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, that can be a really big talent. Um, and, you know, show certain sides of you or things that you're talented at before you actually take your clothes off and then show where your real talents. Um, speak up about the body. If you're attracted to somebody that you're sleeping with um, and you're attracted to them naked as well, you need to be able to tell them because – when you give them flattery about how they look naked and how they look, um, basically you're going to get better sex. A recent study in the Journal of Sex um, suggested women who feel embarrassed or ashamed about their bodies have less sexual experience and are less sexually assertive. Want them to be assertive? Give them some uh, complimentary tips. Nice. Um, the top should be tender. I like this one. During floor play, gently brush the tops, bottoms and sides of the breast. The nipples are actually in some way connected to the clitoris so be very careful around them but the outside areas are really hypersensitive the nipple itself can actually become desensitized so make sure you work on the outside areas Mm. you Um, have to kind of work up to nipples you do you can't just start off at the nip um watch and learn this is my this is a really big one i'm not going (laughs) to say my my favorite my favorite i always said it i actually think this is a really important i think it's really important let your partner masturbate in front of you not only is it a turn on it's a guide of what she likes and how she likes it don't just sit there taking notes on a notepad but make sure you look feel and see what she responds to this is my most important thing. In our society, women are not encouraged to masturbate. However, by exploring what it is you like, you're able to have a more fulfilling sex life with your partner. Masturbation should be viewed as empowering. Absolutely. And clitorises aren't the same. Like Some people like direct stimulation. Some people like indirect stimulation. Yep. It really just depends on the person. And That's so, right. Knowing what gets them off by seeing what they do yeah. can be a really important Whatever part worked of the on process. your last girlfriend isn't necessarily going to work on your next Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Angles for penetration. If we're talking about penetrative sex, um, explore various types of penetration to figure out what turns her on most. Um, if she likes it. If she actually likes it. Um, we've taken, talked about where the G spot is, so I'm not really going to go into we that anymore. We didn't talk about the A spot, but we'll, maybe another time. Maybe another time. We have an A spot, everybody. Basically, the A spot produces lube. Um, Women being able to multitask. Um, women are meant to be able to concentrate on more than one thing, so make sure that that's also evident in the bedroom. Don't get stuck on missionary sex. Have some fun experimenting. Um, sense of orgasm. Ease into oral sex. Don't just attack it. Um, uh, first, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but kiss the thighs, you know, broad strokes with your tongue, do circles, yada, yada, yada. 
But the biggest cues are from the hips because they show the rhythm that the person likes and gasps and moans um, as you experiment with techniques. And watch for signs. Muscles. Yeah, that's it. The stomach muscles can actually show when they're having an orgasm. So make sure you have the hand on the stomach. That's also a really good tip. Um, and if the lights are on, you can see the color of uh, you can see the increased blood flow in the labia when they're about to come. Uh, coming together, it's an amazing moment to share with someone. So try and time yours with your partner's climax. Don't be afraid to keep going and enjoy the thrill of the multiple. It is real and it does exist. Just keep going. Um, and don't forget, if the clitoris is rubbed for a long time, it can become sore or desensitized to respond to manual oral stimulation. Bonus point here though. I like the bonus point. Bonus. A woman's orgasm threshold drops after her first one so it's really easy to bring her back to climax through penetration after she's already had one if she's into penetration and that is my top 10 and that is the orgasm show. <sighs> All right. Thank you very much. So this has been great, Katie. It has. Very, very informative. You managed to make Farine blush for a whole hour. <laughs> for a whole My hour. My cheeks have been flushed this whole time. All right. So on next week's show, um, we're talking about um, marriage equality to Ali Hogg. So, um, and stick around for TJ and Keza with White Noise next. We're going to no. finish off with the song? Yes, we are. Uh, we're going to finish off with Let's Go Home by Paris Wells. Baby, I'll see you soon. All right. Thanks so much. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.